all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 363 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Galilee Earthquake episode of the SLS Cast because it turns out that there was a pair of severe earthquakes that shook the Galilee and nearby regions back in May 18th and 19th of the year 363. Big enough that it's been noted to have happened in history and even made it all the way to Wikipedia. And I know know that that's not much christian or christian i'm sorry christmas knowledge but hey jesus is supposedly from galilee so merry christmas and with that wonderful little bit of galilee earthquake knowledge i of course am matt and coming to us all the way from sunny california would be a resident sony employee Merry Christmas! Yeah, indeed. Merry Christmas. This by the time you hear this, it'll already have been Christmas. So hopefully your Christmas was fantastic. Um, maybe or we Christmas. Have said, I like maybe, that one too. Maybe we should have said Merry Christmas at the end of the last episode. Oh well, we didn't. <laughs> so hopefully you had a nice Christmas. Uh, Tim, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I think it was delightful. I'm here in Houston, back home. Yes. And we when we hung out, we had such a fun time. Oh man, uh, you know what? And I'm so looking forward to the surprise baby shower that we're throwing for your lovely wife. Um, and that's going to be so much fun when that happens. You know, the sad thing is, is that she's going to decide to listen to the show. <laughs> this is <laughs> it'll be this episode. She's going to like you know. I'm going to download this on the airplane and. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, I'll I'll let you decide to leave that in or not at your own peril, but I just presume much like my significant other, your significant other doesn't listen. <clears throat> so, she anyway. gave up 4 or 5 years ago. <laughs> See there you five go. 5 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, uh yes, uh my Christmas was fantastic as well. Um my lovely eldest daughter we finally broke down and got her the old smartphone so that's gonna be um fun getting used to but scandalous yeah. yeah well it's just too busy at school and you know she's not going to know, but the phone was free. So are you going to put all those locks and restrictions <laughs> yep, on we it? Already, so that we've it... already got it researched. We are we have it. We just haven't pulled the trigger on which one we're going to buy, but we will. We will. Um. Um. We will before she gets back into school. So, um. But at least this way we can all kind of goof off and do it all together. So it'll be cool. Ah <sighs> well. Glad you had a good Christmas. I'm glad that we're having such a good time while you're here with us in uh, the Houston area. And um, I'm glad I had a good Christmas as well. Uh, shall we go ahead and complete our list of the top movies of this decade? Yeah, let's spend another hour covering five years. Okay, well, I'm just going <laughs> to continue where, it off, where, where I left off. I've got my top five movies. These are all five-star movies. Um, basically, once we hit about 2017, um, I run out of five-star movies. I don't have five five-star movies because, as you can see, my life, I get jaded more and more and more. And I used to give so many five-star ratings, and then I gave less and less. And then I get to, by the time we get to 2019, I didn't give any. <laughs> 
hate to tell you that I gave one. So you'll actually get a few 4.75s out of me here in these next few years. Um, but yes, we're going to start with um, the end of the tour. Uh, we are then going to move into number three. I'm sorry, number four on my list here from 2015, Von Ryan's Express. Uh, then number three, The Martian, of course. Uh, most people remember that one. Number two, it was, this was a very, very difficult number two choice for me. Uh, Love and Mercy, uh, the Paul Dano, uh, flick that covers Brian Wilson's life. Uh, but ultimately, Ultimately, the feels, the feels of my own life and living and things that I have been through and just with the children's and all that stuff, number one top spot did ultimately go to Inside Out, uh, the Pixar flick. So, yeah, but it was tough. It was tough. Um, if, if I could have given a tie, I would have given a tie, but I could not. So Inside Out went number one. Love and Mercy went number two. Uh, what do you got there, Tim? So I'm going to go down the list of my 4.75 and 5-star movies. And these are all that I saw in 2015. First up, Wild, which was the Reese Witherspoon survival movie, biography movie. Love and Mercy. Loved Love and Mercy. A uh, movie called My Left Foot. That, of course, did not come out in 2015. That is a 1989 movie starring the wonderful, you know, the wonderful guy that I can't, maybe you know his name, maybe, you know, I know his name, but if you don't know it, then what's the use of talking about it? You know who he is. Um, So my left foot, it was a nice revisit, that body of work, Sicario. Rewatch Sicario, Room. I was able to watch Room uh, before Matt was able to review it, I believe, in 2016. And, of course, Creed. The first Creed movie came out, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, wonderful film. And I was more so impressed by, um, by Sylvester Stallone. I actually gave... A lot of five stars this year. So I am going to just tell you about the movies that were released in 2015. Like, I have a lot of five stars. And I'm about halfway through the list. And they're all older movies. Okay. I've gone through the entire list. And there's probably about 25 five-star movies. And they're all older films. Like... Fantasia, Ray Harryhausen, Special Effects Man, well, I guess The Theory of Everything, Phantom of the Paradise, Parks and Recreation Season 5, <laughs> Paradise Lost 3, Purgatory, M, Paths of Glory, It Happened One Night, True Lies, Boogie Nights, I Am Divine, Army of Darkness, Supermensch, The Legend of Shep Gordon, Left Behind, oh no, sorry, Left Behind was the one movie I gave zero effing stars to that year. That was the Nicolas Cage adaptation of the Left Behind religious book. It's also the remake of the Left Behind Kirk Cameron movie. Movie, Absolutely awful. So unfortunately, no apparent five-star movies, uh, reviewed movies for uh, 2015 movies, but uh, a nice cadre of 4.75 flicks 
but I guess Theory of Everything is one of them. All right. Well, then let's move into 2016. Uh, all right. So my top five, because they were the only five five-star movies that I had for 2016. Uh, I've got number five comes in at Moana. Um, it's a beautiful movie. And let me tell you, I still get a little choked up. No, no lie. I still get a little choked up when I watch Moana and they get to the point where Moana's grandma passes away and her, and she becomes her spirit animal of the giant manta ray. Uh, you know, so I, I don't feel bad leaving that in the top five of 2016. Uh, the number four spot goes to Winter on Fire, Ukraine's fight for freedom. Uh, given what ultimately, uh, transpired in Ukraine, I think that that movie is, um, really important and i think it's a pretty fantastic movie on the whole uh number three the little prince um such a fun and fantastic film uh and that was the the netflix one right that that, that came out that year i think oh yeah definitely yeah it was like the french um, movie yeah there we go originally. the french yeah Absolutely. And then, uh, number two, we've got Hacksaw Ridge, uh, finally with, uh, Mel Gibson's return to directing form. It was a fantastic movie and, uh, well worth the wait, in my opinion. And of course, number one, the movie where the cinematography stole the show, The Revenant. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, and The Environment. <laughs> special appearance by the bear um still a fantastic movie to this day i think it's uh just an absolutely fantastic film well worth all of the awards that it won and that is my list for 2016 what do you got there tim right off the bat for 2016 my 4.75 movies are everybody wants some which is the Richard Linkletter spirited sequel to Days and Confused about kids in college in 1980, I believe. And it's a spirited sequel because Days and Confused, of course, takes place in high school during the summer of 79, I think it was. So it, it, it works out. Lovely film. I thought it was funny, raunchy in all the good ways, but nuanced. So Matthews corrected me on Skype. I didn't say spiritual sequel. What did I say? He said spirited sequel twice. Oh. <laughs> so I just I was just throwing it in there so that the next time you say it, you would just say it, right? I would, you know, I wasn't trying to, uh, you know, but okay. Oh, but that works too. Um, and then my second 4.75 movie is not a spiritual sequel, uh, but it is Hell or High Water. The wonderful David McKenzie movie starring Ben Foster, Chris Pine, the dude. Modern day Western done absolutely right. Now, as for five star movies that came out in 2016, going through the list, I have, well, there's a couple like comedy things on here that I am not going to mention. And I it's a whole slew of older classic movies and, and, and other documentaries that I, you know, like Electric Boogaloo, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. I remember, we I think we watched that for the show. Love. Oh, no, I wrote Pleasure down, so definitely not for the show. Actually, every five-star movie that I rated in 2016... The reason why I watched it was for pleasure. So go 4.75s. Woo! Way to get them in there. And see, we don't even really do those .75s anymore. Screw you, quarter stars. You're not good enough. You had your heyday, <laughs> but now they're gone. 
Uh, let's see here. Moving into 2017, then. I've got, uh, uh, yeah, the 4.75 comes in and saves the day because I didn't have enough five stars to make a top five. Um, so at the five spot is The Magnificent Seven. I thought this was truly, truly, truly one of the best remakes I have ever seen. And I'm sad, other than that weird, just really weird, out-of-place CGI ending, uh, like, and when I say ending, I mean like the last 20 seconds where they just CGI'd in the grave, the little grave markers. I thought that was like really stupid. Um, but no, I just thought this was a fan, it was just such a fantastic movie. So much fun. Truly brought out the, the spirit of the original and built upon it in different, in different ways. And then at the same time, just made it its own movie and made its own mark. Uh, and I'm very sad that it did not do better. Um, then uh, next up, we've got, uh, mean dreams in the four spot Mudbound in the number three spot, which of course is another Netflix movie, uh, that made some, that, uh, made it to Oscar caliber area. Uh, then we have, of course, two documentaries here for number two and number one. Number two, we have, I am not your Negro. And finally we have in the number one spot this year, OJ, Made in America, the ultra long eight part, if I remember, it's either seven or eight parts, but I think it's eight part, um, documentary series, which is just unreal. It's a, it is a hell of a watch, uh, and it is a time sink, but man, do you get, uh, do, do you get an education on America, civil rights, race, uh, race relations, and murder all wrapped around the story of OJ? Um, and that's my 2017. What do you got there, Tim? So my 4.75 flicks are A Man Called Ove, I Am Not Your Negro. Let's see here. Mudbound, Call Me By Your Name, and Phantom Thread. Um, all the movies that were good this year are, are fantastic. I've seen Phantom Thread and Call Me By Your Name multiple times since then and i love them i I mean i think i love them more i mean i would consider them five stars or gold star films i mean they're absolutely beautiful productions but this was a fun year mudbound i mean i do have a lot of 4.5s and four star movies so don't get me wrong so there were a lot of other great films that came out that year but my five star flicks See, we have Life Animated, the OJ Made in America films. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, I love the De Palma documentary, which we did not review on the show. Uh, There was another movie, another documentary called Tower about the fellow who was shooting all the kids, all the students at the, on top of the UT tower. They made the movie. I forgot what the process is called, where they actually film it and they go through and colorize it like with pens and pencils and, you know, markers and whatnot. So it gives it a very distinct and interesting look and they're able to manipulate the action to make it more theatrical and imaginative. It's a very emotional and powerful documentary. Uh, Five Came Back, the wonderful Netflix documentary uh, about the filmmakers, the classic filmmakers who went over to Asia and 
Germany and France to Europe to document World War II and what they did for film in general, the, the entire industry, what they brought back, not even just for the ind- industry, uh, but what they brought back impacted uh, the world and how we look at war and genocide and international politics. It's an absolutely beautiful film told by the likes of Guillermo del Toro, uh, Steven Spielberg, and shoot, who was the other one? I'm, I'm blanking on who the other person was that oh, uh, was um, the other talking head. I can't, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. It was so good. I'm sorry. I'm burned out. Um, there was a re-release of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Of course, I gave it five stars. And uh, another movie that should have been nominated for many, many awards, but did not because Dustin Hoffman briefly got caught up in the whole Me Too movement that started circulating this year around award season time. Uh, that film that he was a part of was the Merowitz stories, new and selected by Noah Baumbach, who, of course, we all know from Marriage Story that is getting a lot of buzz now. But the Merowitz stories was an excellent film. Another great dramatic turn from Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler. Dustin Hoffman is the is the great patriarch of the family, whom the kids are vying for uh, the, uh, his affection, I guess. Fun year. All right. Well, then let's move right into 2018. My top five. Uh, again, needing the... Um, <laughs> needing to get... Uh, some help from the 4.75 world. Uh, number five comes in at The Florida Project. Yes, that wonderful Willem Dafoe movie. Um, <clears throat> we've got then um, The Night of the Hunter from 1955. And we were talking about some classic cinema at that point. And then this was uh, my pick on um, Robert Mitchum. Mmm, crunchy ice. Sounds good. And then we go into number three, which is uh, one of those rare times that you can get a sequel to be as good as the first movie, Paddington 2. That's right, Paddington 2. Now, it was very hard for me to choose between three and uh, three and two. So that, that ice still sounds yummy. And then, because you don't have your mic muted... <laughs> you're I'm, I'm hearing you right now you're talking you're snapping it's fantastic uh, <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> well you sound really good so that's this nice no you're good you're fine You had muted your mic. <laughs> you're totally cool. No, you're good. You're good. I, I, I literally assumed you just forgot to mute the mic just this one time. It hadn't been a problem the whole time. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so it was hard for me to choose between the two uh, here. So, but I, I edged it up just because of the, again, the feels factor. Um, as much fun as Paddington 2 was, uh, I left it at number three because A Star is Born from 1954 um, is just 
again, knowing Judy Garland's life, knowing the tragedy and the tragic nature of her ultimate demise, and then putting it in the context of her playing the opposite end of that and seeing it transposed on screen in such a fantastic way. So I, I, I had to give that edge to A Star is Born 1954. But I then... Flipped again because I remember saying that I was edging out 1954 against 19, against 2018's A Star Is Born in 2018 because of understanding what Judy Garland went to. And however, 2018's A Star Is Born ended up uh, at the top of my 2018 list for top five because despite my feeling that you know. Just due to the real life nature of Judy Garland, I felt that it kind of edged out, 54 edged out 2018. Um, I don't think about 1954s as much as I think about 2018s. Um, and when I think back to that, it, it sticks with me. Anytime it ever pops into my head, it, that, that movie sticks with me. And while again, the history is important to remember and consider my, and, and who knows, maybe I'll flip flop again later in the future. Um, but I felt that 2018 is the one that's worthy of the longevity for it at this point. Uh, and so 2018's A Star is Born and is, uh, is number one on my list, uh, for 2018. Top five. There you go, sir. What do you got? Well, not to make sure to unmute my Yeti microphone. So <laughs> anyways, so 4.75 out of fives for me for 2018. Only two, a fantastic woman. That was the Chilean. Ch- oh my goodness. The Chilean movie that was submitted and nominated for Best Foreign Film at uh, the Oscars, which won the Best Foreign Film Oscar. A beautiful, beautiful film about a trans woman and dealing with her lover's death and the family of said lover not accepting her. And really, she's not even allowed to have a say-so in his funeral. Uh, She's not even allowed to be at his funeral. So it's a very interesting, touching, and believe it or not, funny film. Uh, My second 4.75 film is 2018's A Star is Born. A wonderful turn for Lady Gaga. Bradley Cooper did an excellent job. Uh, This movie certainly got screwed over by Bohemian Rhapsody. I hope... Rocket Man this year, 100%. I hope it completely annihilates Bohemian Rhapsody because, God, if I had to talk about, if we, I could, we could probably talk for hours upon hours on how disappointing of a movie Bohemian Rhapsody is or was. So, again, a fantastic woman and 2018's A Star is Born were my two 4.75s. Now, my two five-star movies. One of them is a new one, and the other one is a re-release. First up is Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade, about a young girl with a socially awkward young girl uh, who is trying to survive the eighth grade. You know, she's the type of girl that takes selfies of herself uh, and does all the filters and whatnot to cover up the pimples on her face and to make her face look skinnier. Um, 
absolutely wonderful, touching, and incredibly relevant film here in the social media age that uh, received a lot of attention, but I thought it was not enough attention as nobody is even talking about it uh, this year. And my other five-star movie was the 2018 re-release of Schindler's List. I know for a fact that there are a number of 4.5s uh, that uh, I, I wish I could talk about, but I, I can't. Um, like, uh, 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 oh shoot, the Peter Jackson World War One movie that uh, they shall not they shall not grow old. The movie that he restored or the footage that he restored, colorized, uh, as well as the original Stars Born from the 1930s which I happen to have liked so much more than the 1950s A Star is Born, which, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed Judy Garland's A Star is Born, but the one from the, the 30s, 40s, late 30s, early 40s, was, I thought, better, not only because it was the first film, but because of when it came out. It feels totally different from a lot of the popular films that came out at that time. It just felt more mature and a, and a little bit ahead of its time dramatically. Yeah, so my two five-star movies, again, 8th Grade and Schindler's List, the 2018 re-release. Very cool. All right, well then, here we are, folks. We made it to 2019, and you'll find here that I... <laughs> that the five-star movies are... Um, interesting choices here. So, uh, we're actually coming in at number five this, uh, this year as a four and a half star movie, Avengers Endgame. Uh, I think it's worthy of making the top five list aside from the fact that it is a four and a half star movie for me. Um, it also happens to be something that was a true culmination event and something I think that, uh, will be long remembered, much like people remember Return of the Jedi today. Um, and perhaps, uh, younger people will remember a Return of the King. Um, and even younger people will remember, um, th- the Revenge of the Sith. Um, just kind of culminative, uh, cumulative events, uh, in cinema. And, it was a good movie to boot. Uh, number four, getting to some actual five star movies. Uh, The Lighthouse, actually. It was a, oh, I'm sorry. Look at that. I totally messed up my, ah, no, spoiler alert. I'm so sorry, guys. It is actually 20 million miles to Earth. Um, that's supposed to be number four. Oops. No kidding. Way to fail, Matt. Yes, 20 million miles to Earth from 1957. Uh, this was back during our Ray Harryhausen, um, episodes. And it's just a fantastic movie. I really think it, um, exemplifies a lot of his work and a lot of the fun that you could have in that er- in that era, especially with sci-fi. Uh, moving up to the number three spot is That's Dancing. Also from our 
um, themed month time. This was when we were doing the That's Entertainment series. Um, That's Dancing stands out on its own just because it's so incredibly different. Um, and it's a shame that there wasn't really a way to incorporate it into a future film, uh, into other That's what have yous. But, I mean, I think it really made the point across that dancing was a big part of cinema and um, is still a big part of the world, even though it's not in cinema anymore. Number two, Jason and the Argonauts from 1963. Um, also from the Ray Harryhausen episodes and just honestly a truly fantastic and iconic film, not just in terms of the special effects, but on the whole, the storytelling and everything. Um, there's a reason why people discuss, people like us discuss it even to this day. And then yes, number one, The Lighthouse, the recent movie we just watched with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, um, you know, it's just a, it's just an incredibly interesting and different movie. The, the tone, the cinematography and everything, um, it's fantastic. So I highly recommend it. And yeah, you'll, I think you'll enjoy it too. So that's my list. That brings us home and Tim. As soon as you're ready to remember to hit the mute button on the right mic, join us. Because you did it again. (laughs) Joining. (laughs) My first 4.75 movie, and actually the only 4.75 movie, because this year I decided to get rid of the .75s because you reach a point in your life, especially after... seven years of continuously reviewing, writing about, and watching movies. Because believe it or not, I actually write about almost every single movie and TV show that I watch after I finish it. I have a little notes section here, or comments section on my spreadsheet. Uh, I realized that if you're going to give a movie a 4.5 or a 5, the 4.75 is an incredibly blurred area. It's a little, it's a little muddled. And... I, uh, you know, I just, you know, if you're going to give it a 4.75, why not just give it a 5? And if you question it, just give it a 4.5. But, yeah, that is why the only 4.75 movie I have on here is Alfonso Cuaron's Roma, which technically was released on Netflix uh, in November of 2018. But... We ended up watching it and reviewing it in January. I thought it was a beautifully written and directed and shot and edited film. Uh, And I know that Alfonso Cuaron was wanting to make it after Children of Men, which came out in uh, 2006. Um, And therefore, I also knew, and I think we both knew, this was a passion project of his. And whenever you go into watching somebody's passion project, you look through it with, careful eyes because you wonder at least i wondered how how he was going to what exactly he was going to focus on what what exactly what he was going to take time with and i thought overall he did a great job in transporting the audience back to his childhood and back to those specific moments of his from his childhood that he wanted to capture. It's not the movie is not a complete nostalgic trip 
based on his life, but it's really based of what I can remember on the various sacrifices that women had made for the family that he witnessed uh, due to the political environment, due to, I guess, partially the culture and whatnot. But the film itself is beautifully shot. And his original collaborator was, of course, Emmanuel, Emmanuel uh, Lubezki. And Lubezki wasn't available, so Koran be- was the DP. He was the cinematographer. And I thought not only did he take... Uh, uh, what was he the director, but he was the writer and the cinematographer. He did a, a wonderful job and hardly ever do you see that trifecta of, of jobs that a, that one person is able to tackle and do incredibly well. So um, maybe the 4.775 was just a wow factor because of that. And maybe it should have been a 4.5, but uh, apparently, at least uh, earlier this year, the wow factor was enough. As for the five-star movies, and believe it or not, there are a handful. For the SLS cast, we have Mighty Joe Young, which was Ray Harryhausen's first movie that he worked on. Um, we saw the Apollo 11 documentary about the moon landing. Uh, we watched Jason Ar- in the Argonauts again, a send up to Ray Harryhausen, the golden Bo- uh, voyage of Sinbad. Um, we compared the two Aladdin movies, the uh, 92 movie with the 2019 movie. And obviously the 92 movie was the best that's entertainment. And of course the matrix, the 2019 re-release, all these were five star movies. I loved going back and rewatching Jason and the Argonauts and the Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Uh, I, of course, remember, if those of you who listened to that episode, I remember watching that film with my grandfather when I was a little kid. And I credit that film and Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park, and even Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, Those were really the three movies that got me into, and The Abyss, those are really the four movies that got me into special effects, and I would watch them religiously, uh, because not only were they great special effects, but they were excellent films, and I mean, those are great examples of movies where you have great effects that support good, uh, a great storytelling, you know, and uh, even even if one considers Harryhausen's effects looking a little dated now, not only are they charming, which make them great, uh, but the storytelling is is magnificent. It's incredibly imaginative, imaginative, and you never never see that nowadays, which is a shame. So, yeah, Mighty Joe Young, Apollo Eleven, Jason the Argonauts, Golden Voyage of Sinbad, Aladdin, That's Entertainment, and. The Matrix are so far my five-star movies for 2019. Very cool. All right, all right. Well, then that brings us to the end of the decade, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And we will be coming at you next week in the new year with our looking forward into 2020 of what we're excited to see, if anything. 
We'll let you know then. So I hope that you have an absolutely wonderful Happy New Year. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week and next year in 2020. Uh, but Tim, is it time for the spiel? Spiel on. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. White man's burden, Lloyd, my man. White man's burden. Hey, Lloyd, uh, it seems I'm temporarily light. <laughs> How's my credit in this joint, anyway? Your credit's fine, Mr. Torrance. That's swell. I like you, Lloyd. I always liked you. You were always the best of them. Best goddamn bartender from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. Or Portland, Oregon, for that matter. Thank you for saying so. Well, the music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by Music Partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at reverbnation.com and facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS Cast. You can find us at slscast.com. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can also follow me, this is Matt, on Twitter at nitwit12345. You can, of course, come aboard the Navigation Superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and our favorite Sunset Radio, as well as track us down in the old Spotify and other podcast directories. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon com and check us out over there and so until next week this is matt saying that thanks to carol spunny i get to say this i know i don't own big bird but i own his soul i feel take care cinephiles and we'll talk at you again next week madam perhaps we should be going oh very well monsieur thank you so much so nice to see you and I hope very much we will see you again very soon. Au revoir, monsieur. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>